Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, morning, y'all. At least we got some clouds here in the sunny slope over the top of the hills and a light breeze, maybe two, three knots. But uh, that beats just pure sunshine this summer. I'll tell you what, it's been a little warm out there. And it doesn't look like there's a tremendous amount of relief in sight. Maybe a shower or two here or there. And we've been blessed around the valley to have one here, you know, bouncing around a little bit. But hopefully we'll hit a little heavier and get some more rain going. But with our forecast, it looks like it's still going to be hot. So probably the most important thing we'll talk about today is water, how we use it, why we use it, and why our plants need it. And how many plants that we don't normally water probably need some right about now. Anyway, happy Sunday morning. Uh, it is pretty out there. The skies are beautiful, and perhaps uh, that'll bring us some monsoon this evening. That'd be a great thing to have. And uh, we're fortunate that we started off the year with, with uh, you know, pretty good rains and pretty good water up in the hills. And, you know, up in the mountains, it looks a little green. But uh, down here in the deserts, it's it's time. It's time for some monsoon and some rain. Well, on the Whitfield Nursery talk, uh, Garden Show, we could talk about your dreams, your passions, your successes, your failures, whatever it is when it comes to gardening, being outdoors and enjoying this uh, climate that we have here in our Sonoran Desert. And uh, you know, normally we have two seasons. And, you know, it is warm out there in the Pacific. We have the El Nino going, so perhaps we'll get some uh, hurricanes come up through Mexico and break up this weather pattern and get us wet. We could sure use it. And our plants can as well. Now, driving around the valley, you see a lot of things that a little toasty, a little burnt from ficus trees that uh, are having some problems to Brazilian peppers to even a lot of citrus. It's kind of burned around the outside. And, you know, some of that's normal and some of it's a little extreme. But uh, how we deal with it going forward can be very important. We could talk about what to grow and plant this time of year. Believe it or not, it's a great planting season. If you want to plant a mesquite tree, an ironwood, a palo verde of some sort, palo breas, um, they'll thrive right now. They love this heat. Mexican bird of paradise. You know, a lot of desert things like the heat, they need a little extra water. Of course, when you're planting new ones, we hope you're going to water. And uh, we can talk about that. We do have wide open phones. And we have the lovely Shira here this morning on phones and music. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. As we get to the end of the show, it gets a little tougher to get on. But right now, the phones are wide open. They're available. We can talk about uh, your successes, your failures. If you're growing something different at home, if you got a different technique for uh, helping the plants out in the heat, I uh, would love to hear from you. Uh, plenty of styles here. You know, we have such a diverse population now. We have people from every continent living here in the valley, growing all different kinds of things. And it's one of the places where we never say never and don't say no. I mean, there's a lot of different things we can plant and grow here. Some we have to protect and moderate the climates. Others just thrive. And, uh, you know, one of our best trees here in the valley now is a pistachio tree, the red push pistachio that was hybridized here in Arizona. But the pistachios originally all came from Iran. And uh, there are lots of other deserts sometimes we don't think about as much. You know, we seem to think about more of our desert plants coming from Australia. But we certainly have a lot of them that come from Africa as well. So lots of fun things to grow, uh, lots of styles and ways to do it. So if you got an idea, a suggestion, a question, give us a call. Still got a couple lines open, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Bob in Phoenix, good morning, Bob. 
Hey, good, good morning, Brian. Hey, I just got a, a quick question. I, I've got an area in, in my front yard facing the south, and it's uh, it's near the driveway. And I used to have a grape plant in there uh, for years, and it died. And then I got another small plant, and it just died. I think maybe I got some concrete cleaner uh, in in there. How can I flush that area? Well, you can, number one, dig it out. Number two is you could add some something that's going to be more acidic. Um, you could put some gypsum in there, or you could put in um, so actually even some sulfuric acid and kind of leach the soil. And then if you really think you have something toxic, what they use for that mostly is activated charcoal. But uh, is it lawn or rock? What's around there, Bob, by the driveway? Uh, lawn on both sides. And this is just a small area that I designated for my grape plant, and it stayed healthy for probably seven years or so. And then, um, I don't know, it just one day I come out there, it starts dying out, and then completely died. I pulled it out, and then I planted something else. So it's, it's grass, Brian. Okay, well, if you got that kind of, you know, that's going to take away the reflected heat, makes everything work better. You know, I wouldn't be afraid to try a grape back there, but I would wait and plant it in October. I certainly wouldn't plant a grape this time of year. Even though you have the advantage of having the lawn, it would be better to wait till October. Um, how much well, room, How much room do you have there? Um, it's a, uh, like a, between houses, so it's probably five foot by um, by about six foot. I mean, the whole side yard is twenty five feet long, but this area where I wanted to uh, where I want to flush out is a small area, but. But over the years, you know, we've done construction, added a second story, and so I'm not sure what, how bad I ruined the soil. Well, you know, you, concrete, once it sets up, really doesn't hurt much. If you had some other things in there, I say you might just dig a bigger hole right now and throw some gypsum in there and see if you can buffer it and kind of flush it out. And, you know, there's not many things you're going to do construction-wise that are going to last that long. You know, chemical-wise, there could be some different things. But if it's growing grass there now, Bob, I wouldn't be too concerned. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, good morning, Brian. Love your show. Thank you so much. You know, Bob, one more thought for you, though, in an area like that size, it might be kind of fun out in the front. You might put like a little Miwa kumquat tree in there, you know, and there are more compact citrus. They don't get much bigger than you're describing, and, and they're pretty fun, and they will actually have fruit just about year-round. And the Miwa variety is yeah. pretty tasty. And and so you, uh, well, the, you know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'd like to plant a grape back there, but I just before I do that, I want to make sure I flush that soil out properly. And it sounds to me like my best trip would be to pull pull that dirt out of there and put some gypsum in there, and then flush it with water real heavily. Yeah, I think that would be fine. And you know, the really the timing is is a critical thing, and just hold off until October. Yeah, I'll wait till the I'll wait till October or so to put anything in. But I just want to take you take this time to make sure it's got good soil. Well, that that will certainly help build it up, Bob. Thanks for the call and thanks for being the first caller this Sunday. Uh, okay, good morning. Bye bye, uh, Mark and Chandler. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Was wondering about pruning off some of the dead branches and smaller pieces of my grapefruit tree that are brown or yellow, provided that. I'm not pruning off something that is currently giving other protection to some good grapefruit or the trunk of the tree. Mark, how, okay how, how old is your grapefruit tree? Uh, that was probably about five years. Okay. Uh, other than, a, you know, a, kind of a wild limb here, there, I wouldn't do any pruning on it this time of year. 
You know, I, I would oh, leave everything you. there to protect itself, make sure that the trunk is wrapped. And, you know, because our forecast isn't great. We might get some rain the next couple of days, but we're looking at 115 according to the forecast for next weekend again. I certainly hope that's incorrect. I heard, certainly hope we get some more moisture in here. But that being said, these grapefruit are continue to burn. And, um, so- Leave the dead ones there. We will leave all the dead ones there. You know, when our citrus grows, we can clean them up, but we don't this time of year. We're going to just leave all the protection they can possibly stand. Got it. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Uh, Shad and uh, Tempe. Good morning, Shad. Brian, good morning to you. I have some star jasmine, and um, it's looking pretty charred right now, or just real sunburned. How long has it been and in? Uh, they've been in the ground for at least seven years. Okay. So, you know, they probably got a little dry. You probably didn't get quite enough water on them when it's been this hot this month. And, um, okay. But they should come back out. And we actually have some starving jasmine in our home that's about, I don't know, it's 30 years old probably. But the it's south out in facing full is, sun. Is, yeah. The, the south facing is doing fine. It's the, it's the stuff that's on a wall that's facing um, west. Right. And the north facing wall. What's what's Those out fr- what's looking. out what's out in front of the west wall, the north wall? Is it just gravel? A lot of reflective stuff. Uh, no, it's concrete and it's oh, around God. a swimming pool. So it's, <laughs> they're getting a ton of reflective heat. I know. And it's lived for seven years. You're a miracle worker. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I water them. I I I put them on two gallon emitters and I run water tw- once a week for two hours. So they get four gallons a week. And then when it's this hot, I've been doing. Every other week, supplemental deep soaking. Okay. Um, I don't know. If- they, they need at least that probably because it's hot as it's been. And that burnt, you know, they're probably burnt back to a point where a lot of the foliage in the exterior is already gone. Are they pretty thick, Shadow? They're like a foot or 18 inches thick away from the wall? Um, no, they're sitting on uh, metal trellises mm-hmm. that I had custom made. Okay. That are like a metal grill. Then they're uh-huh. probably about three inches away from the wall. Oh, okay. Well, next year you want to let them get thicker. And hopefully we make it to next year. What I would recommend well, for you right now is put some, some kind of a shade on them. So you could probably go out and okay. buy some shade fabric, and you know, like a 50% shade, and put that over the okay. side to protect them. I would also at the same time pick up some Super Thrive. You know, which is kind of just a vitamin that helps transplant shock that can be very useful to them this time of year. And uh, okay. I don't ever let them get dry. I mean, really, for this season, as hot as it's been, just don't let them get dry. And uh, if, if they if they die, what do you recommend on a north-facing wall with a lot of reflective heat or a west-facing wall? Do I do a... Texas yellow bell or what do I... Well, that's going to be a little messier. Or? You know, the nice part about that star jasmine, it's awfully clean. You know, and they really mm-hmm. come out pretty nice. So, I, I think so you'll probably—I like I don't think you'll probably lose them. You know, I think that uh, okay. you've had them there long enough; they should come back out. And I'm sure they're significantly burned. But uh, if you'll protect them right now, and if the monsoon comes, which we know it's going to happen, the days are actually getting shorter already. You know, it, it can't get to be 123 only; maybe only 118. So that being said, um, you know, a little bit of shade will go a long way in protecting them, and just air in the side of being wet. And if we get, do get some monsoon, just- when we get some temperature down, you know, around 100, 105, where it's humid, um, you can give them a light dose of fertilizer, something like. Uh, well, Super Bloom would probably be the best because it's lower in nitrogen and higher in all the miners and probably be a good one to put on. So right now, um, get some Super Thrive on it. Do you guys sell it in your store? Oh, or absolutely. Can you, come over, you can come over and see it at South Phoenix, but you can buy it at any nursery or garden center anywhere. 
Okay, and then do with the draping, the fifty percent draping cloth. Mm-hmm. Is that just you just drape it over the top of it? And just, drape, it on just drape it over whatever? the top and just drop it on. Yep, just to give a, okay. a little bit of a break. All right, thanks, thanks, thanks thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, Dennis and Glendale. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Brian. Um, the heat is just speeding up my lawn, <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm watering it. And I can't water it anymore. I water it three times a week in fifteen minute intervals and it it's uh, would it would it help if I put a good fertilizer on there? Or? Well Dennis, is this a just a standard Bermuda grass lawn? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so do you have any idea how much water your your heads are putting out? Uh, no, I don't okay, know. So here's what you want to do. You want to put a capturing device on your lawn. Okay. It's tuna fish can's ideal because it's about an inch deep. Run your sprinklers till you have an inch of water. And that might take you 45 minutes, okay? So you okay. might end up taking all of those irrigations that you had spread out throughout the week and putting them all into one. But if you put on enough water to put on an inch of water, most soils in the valley, that's going to penetrate down to about a foot of depth, okay? And the roots on the, on the Bermuda grass will easily grow that deep. So if you put okay. that on water, then grab a screwdriver and go out and stick it in the ground. And when it's dry and it won't go back in, it's time to water again. So I think okay. you're probably not getting your watering deep enough. And the other answer to your question is yes, put some fertilizer right now. And really, Bermuda grass loves the heat if it has water. 21714 lawn fertilizer is pretty good. You can buy it everywhere. And I would feed it right away. What was those numbers again? 21714. There's turf for all. There's different brands. Depends on where you go, what they carry. But it's all pretty much formulated the same way. And it's a good fertilizer for Bermuda grass here this time of year. Okay, I have a little bit of St. Uh, Augustine in there, too. And it, it, won't, it, it won't hurt. It's the St. Augustine's fine. St. Augustine requires a little more water, but if you keep it cut short, you know, it's not so bad. Okay. I appreciate your help. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. It's Sharon Bryan and Troy back in the back with the news every Sunday morning here on 92.3 FM KTAR. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been at Yeah. 
saying goodbye to Mr. Randy Meisner from the Eagles. Quite a group. And uh, especially whenever they used to work with the old Stone Ponies and Linda Ronstadt. They all had a lot of fun together. And, uh, you know, Randy was the original member of the Eagles. Um, let's see right back to the phones. Looks like the lines are full. And we'll start off with Karen and Casa Grande. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I planted a little Florida uh, Prince peach tree at uh, Bear Root in March, and the leaves are turning um, still in pretty good shape, but the leaves are turning a light green, and I can see the veins in them. Do I need to add some chelated iron to that? That would be a great idea, Karen, and that would probably be the best thing to put on is chelated iron. You might have some other miners that you're missing, like zinc and manganese and magnesium, but what happens is the iron kind of balances those out anyway. So that would be the first place to start if you have some at home. And the nice plates, it's not it's not going to burn the tree either. Okay. And also, I'm starting to see a little, you said that we're not going to get that, I guess, moisture anytime soon. Maybe. Oh, no, no we, we've got some clouds here. You know, and, and we were fortunate. Well, we were fortunate at the Blake House. We got about a half inch of rain this week. So, oh. and out into our grove in, in Mesa got about a half inch. So, there are some spots. You know, it's 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 coming a little bit. Well, some of the leaves are starting to get a little bit um uh a burn on the outside, and I've got some PVC pipe, and I can throw together a shade in you know like twenty minutes. So I just go and ahead and cer- shade it. It certainly wouldn't hurt it. if you can shade it with like a thirty to fifty percent shade. That would be great for that poor little tree. Brian. Thanks, Karen. Bye bye. Appreciate it. Uh, Jean and Tempe. Good morning, Jean. <laughs> good morning, Brian. Happy Sunday. Uh, a few, a while back, I called you. I had a Mexican lime thornless that wasn't producing. I finally bit the bullet in May and pulled it out and went to your nursery in Gilbert and they planted a 15 gallon. I already got little limes. I'm so excited. However, you know, this heat is mm-hmm. taking a bit of a, a toll on everything. I get that. So my question is, it is planted where it's against close to an east wall, but it gets full west sun. Should I shade the front of that tree during this heat time? Uh, yeah, that might not be a bad idea at all. You know, that western side's probably been 150 to 175. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little shade will probably help. But you know, if it's not burnt too bad, it should pop all new buds and growth out here, you know, over the next few weeks if we get this monsoon kicked in. Yeah, and it's, you know, a couple of days ago I've been watching it for the water, you know, and um, it had, it's got a few, like, curled brown type of leaves. It's not bad. It looks good. I soaked it really good. It kind of came back. My question, too, is I was listening earlier and I got on a little late, but could I, should I fertilize it now? Would that be well, the time the, to put the, a little you know, fertilizer with it? If, if we knew that it was going to stay more humid. And then it looks like the monsoon really settled in. It'd be a good thing to do. But, you know, look at the forecast mm. I saw today. It looks like we got a pretty good chance of rain for the next two or three days and then back to 115 again next weekend. So if the monsoon really settles in, and I, you know, I've seen the first two weeks of August be under 100 degrees, believe it or not. I mean, it's hard to imagine this year, but it can mm-hmm. happen. So if the monsoon really kicks in, then go ahead and feed it any time when it does. If not, I'd wait okay. and feed it towards the end of August. Okay, the normal type of thing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, your team did great. Very pleased with everything. It was absolutely wonderful. 
Well, thanks for coming to CNSG. You know, that's, that's, I pay for the program, so that's how we support it's by wonderful support from people like you. So I used to get paid the first 15 years on the radio. Now I have to pay the radio stations. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? What is going wrong here? You know? <laughs> anyway, love your show. Tell everybody about it. And so please, thank you again. And I'm going to baby that tree because I'm so excited that it has it has 10 little lines on it already. I'm well, like, and, you know, you'll be harvesting those guys by October, so have fun. Mm. Thanks. I know. Thank you. Thank, Have a great day. Th- thank you, Gene. Bye-bye. Uh, ben and Gilbert. Good morning, Ben. Hey, Brian. Um, I went ahead and took your advice and pulled out my thornless lime tree and uh, went out to the Gilbert store and got myself a nice uh, thorny one. And it's been in the ground for a couple of weeks, and it's pretty happy. Well, you know, it's funny, the last caller had the same thing, but, you know, those thornless lime trees, they are so pretty, but, you know, unless you're just planting them as ornamental, they're not much good. But the regular Mexican limes, they do thrive here. And uh, yeah, hopefully yeah, I bought a lemon tree from you a couple of years ago, and uh, that, that, uh, that poor tree's hanging out for dear life with all this heat right now. I don't know what else to do. I, uh, I gave it some super thrive uh, yesterday. Uh, Five gallon bucket. Is, um, it, is it burning out at the ends of the branches? The foliage kind of burning off a bit. Yeah, yeah. I was just keeping an eye on it and hoping it would get better, but it just seems to be getting worse and worse. How how often it, do you water? It looks like how often do you water? Right, it? Right, right now, I'm watering it every every four days okay. for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Gilbert, that's that's more than adequate. Um, do you, is the trunk wrapped on it? Yes, yeah, I still have the original wrap on it. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm south uh, southeast Gilbert, uh, pretty close to Queen Creek. Mm-hmm. Well, if you drive by Queen yeah. Creek down uh, down our look at our young trees. Our big lemons aren't burnt very much, but our young lemons in the grove, uh, we've got some pretty severe burn on the outside part of the branches. And I think the big difference is in the bigger part of the grove down there, uh, the trees shade themselves better. But out there where they're facing yeah. the heat, they're, you know, sitting in dirt and they've got open space around them. So, you know, we've got quite a bit of burn too, Ben. But that'll all clear up. And, you know, if the weather, you know, softens a little bit, we get a little more humidity, a light dose of fertilizer will put a lot of new buds and growth back out on that tree. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it, uh, I'm hoping this heat doesn't last too much longer. Oh, I think, I think. Um, yeah, I had a question for you, uh, Brian. I, I've had a, <clears throat> I put a, a trellis up in front of my house, in front of my courtyard, and I put some bougainvilleas on there, and they're, look, they're looking pretty good. But I've had a couple of people tell me that they attract termites. Is there any truth no, to that? No, that's not true. Well, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, per- termites pretty much been there feeding on deadwood. Okay. And okay. The, the only reason why you would have termites in some areas, number one, they they need moisture in the ground. Okay. So when you're watering the soil, that's good for the termites, you know. But aside from that, uh, no plant that they're going to come feed on is going to attract termites at all. Yeah. Well, one more question, uh, Brian, if I may. Um, I have a, I have a, day, a couple of date palms, mm-hmm. and they, they put one uh, right up close to my uh, queen palm. I have queen palms and date palms. It's only about eight, eight feet away, and the, the, the fronds on the date palm are just beating up my queen palm. Just wondering, how far up could I, could I trim those? Uh, I'd have to trim them up pretty high for it not to touch it. Well, if you want to keep them bent, uh, trimmed up at like a 45-degree angle or even a little higher, is fine. Really? It's not going to hurt the date palm at all, okay. though. Okay, okay. And, uh, and, uh, and, the, and the queen palm, they've been coming out 
with no vigor at all. As soon as, as soon as the leaf comes out, it just it just drops. Well, Ben, there's a uh, there's a lot, I, a lot of queen palms. I don't know if you recall, like three years ago, but a lot of queen palms yeah. died from fungus. So yeah. it wouldn't be a bad idea right now to treat them with Monterey disease control. Okay, and that's I heard, a, I heard that, you say that you said to apply that on the crown, up on, well, the on the crown and in the soil because the fungus is down inside the heart. So if you can get it, what is it like a spray crown. or a powder? Or no, you, you mix it up like milk and pour it down the crown. And at the same time, if it's going to be a lot of work to get up there, you probably want to mix some copper sulfate. And put it in as well. Ben, I got to let you go because we've got uh, Mr. Troy Barrett came into the studio, Fricks, and the news is going to be up. We've got a couple lines available. You can call Shearer during the break at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like pina coladas And getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have half a brain And I'm the love that you've looked for Write to me and escape I didn't think about my lady I know that sounds kind of me But me and my into the same old routine So I wrote to the paper Took out a personal ad And though I'm nobody's poet I thought it wasn't half bad Yes, I like pina coladas And getting caught in the rain I'm not much into health food I am into champagne After they escape, it's no, one of those silly love songs, you know. Anyway, welcome back, folks. Get right to the phones. We do have a couple lines available, a number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Alan in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> great, Alan. Nice, cool great, studio, great. Got beautiful clouds out back. It's hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, no, I woke up to them. I was excited. I even saw a couple drops on my windshield, so I think something happened last night. Fantastic. Uh, I have a Cadota fig um, established in the ground, and it's just it's just not producing. I'm getting I had a lot of little figlets, um, you know, starting in the spring, and they're just either really soft or not growing or just dropping. Well, something about 118, the figs don't seem to like very well. 
You know, okay. I've got a pretty right. big fig in my backyard, and we butchered it. I cut it back 15 feet, so I was going to have a nice crop this summer. And it was coming in, just getting ready to do pretty well. And uh, our fig quality has just been terrible, but it's just the temperature. You know, it's just okay. some, something about 118, they're just not happy. Got it. Do they have a second crop, or this is it? Well, it depends. Year. The Kadotas don't have as much. If you had a Mission Black, you get a second crop. But you can, you know, you know, who knows? You know, another thing that the heat does is it spawns different things and different reactions in plants. And I've seen, for example, citrus bloom quite a bit here in September after we have a really oh. hot August or time like we're having right now. So whenever things starts to recover, if we get this monsoon going, uh, then you may very well get a crop right after that. Okay. All right, thank you. I have one more question. I have a pecan tree. It was at the house when I bought it, so it's over 20 years old. It had, and I'm forgetting the name, this uh, large fungus on it um, that I just knocked off, and that, and it left a scab, and carpenter bees started attacking in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sawdust all around the ground. Is there anything I can do? I don't know if I could paint the area. Um well, you, you, probably, you, probably, on the way out. you like probably need to kill the carpenter bees, and they're—I mean, carpentering. Carpenter ants or bees? Bees, the black bees. Okay, so you got some. Dead, right yeah, we got some dead wood in there, you know, and they're and they're yeah. boring in there. So, yeah, you can spray those with uh, Talstar. Okay, and that'll work fairly well on them. So I'm spraying the area or the bees. You're spraying the bees, and you're spraying inside their nest. They'll have holes that are bored into the wood. You know, they're basically okay. boring into the dead wood on the tree. So it's been damaged for a while. And probably the thing yeah, that's going to help the tree to come back the best now one would be to water it and fertilize it well, especially in the oh. winter months as before it leaves out in the spring. And the healthier the tree is, the more it's going to grow new bark and wood on the cambium layer around the outside. And eventually that dried out piece on the inside will be covered over by cambium and bark. And that might take it a few years to do. But we had a big, you know, pecan tree at our house that a friend of mine was helping me clean up some stuff. And he took a three yard loader and pushed the whole bark off of one side. And within three or four years, it had recovered and grown back. But um, so it, there, you know, there is hope for it. pecans will regenerate. Um, do you have flood irrigation? I do not. Okay, so make sure that this time of year, at least once every couple weeks, you deep water it real heavy. You know, just put a soaker hose out there and just let it run for like a day or so. And that's going to okay. really help it. Uh, at the same time, if you want to try to work some zinc sulfate in the ground, you can. It's pretty hard. It's not that soluble. But if you'll poke some holes out there before you soak it and kind of spread it in there, it'll, 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 some of it will go down anyway. All right. Well, I appreciate your advice. Thank you very much. Thanks, Alan. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Vonnie and Gilbert, good morning. Good morning. My granddaughter is building a new house in Santan Valley. So, of course, they have a landscaping package for the front yard. They have no idea what kind of trees to plant, but they're both very, very busy. So they want something that's not messy um, and something that will offer a little bit of shade. So do you have any suggestions? Well, Bonnie, probably the cleanest tree and the one that I see that's prevailing and doing by far the best with the heat are the red push pistachios. And, oh, uh, the red pistachio. And what's really nice about that particular variety is deciduous, so it's going to lose its leaves, but that's all at one time in January. So you only have to clean up one week a year, and then wow. it leaves back out by March, and uh, the rest of the year it sheds nothing. But with all the heat that we've had, you know, and seeing the ash and ficus and a lot of other things burning quite a bit, 
the pistachios look fantastic. And the well, only real trick. My son has a ficus tree that's wreaking havoc with his water lines. So we said, do not plant a ficus. Well, you know, ficus can be okay. And when you have a lot of problem with the water lines, typically tells me that you're irrigating too often and not deep enough. Now, that's different for trees this time of year. But over the course of time, you know, trees like ficus will have a lot more surface roots if they're not deep watered. And especially if they start off like in a lawn that's watered two or three times a week. But and to- then uh, one more question, please. Mm-hmm. I have a honeysuckle bush. It's been in the ground for seven or eight years. It looks beautiful, but it does not grow flowers. I think in the seven years, it's only had like two or three orange flowers on it, and that's it. It sounds now, like, Bonnie, it's probably too shaded. Uh, well, yeah, there's a huge tree, my neighbor's tree in the background that has a huge canopy. We try to cut it back, but it does get a lot of sun in the afternoon. So. Does it? Yeah, it well, does. Then it should bloom. Now, they don't usually bloom very much now when it's hot. They bloom well, best in the spring and the fall when it's around 100, between 90 and 100 degrees. And the Cape Honey Cycles, that's usually their best bloom cycle. Okay, well, I mean, I like the bush even without the flowers. It's well, don't, nice. don't prune it in the fall if you're going to, you know, let it kind of just grow out wild. Especially between uh, October and November, you should get some color on it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Bonnie. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see, next we've got uh, Ralph and Mesa. Morning, Ralph. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning. Excellent, excellent. I've got a, a Madagascar in a pot, and it was looking real good until about a week ago. And then it just started getting brown. I don't know if I've overwatered it or got too much sun or what. Do you have any how, 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 much, how much sun is it in, Ralph? Oh, I'd probably say eight, nine hours a day. Um, well, it's been hot. So, I mean, it's been a rough three or four weeks. And you're right. The other tendency with Madagascars is to overwater them. You know, they can they can stay too wet, too, especially if the soil doesn't drain very well. What I would do is to resuscitate it, put it like on a patio on the east side where it only maybe gets an hour or two of sun a day. And let it kind of hang out there for a while for the next month until it cools off and see if it doesn't start to come back out. Or would it be better to put it in the ground, too? Well, you can. They're frost tender. So the only thing you have to concern with it when you put it in the ground is how cold your area is where you're going to plant it, you know, your house. But they'll grow fine in the ground except for frost. Okay. And one other question. I've got uh, um, dwarf myrtles out front. And mm-hmm. my my sprinkler system has been off for since since the winter. And they look great. They're doing fabulous Uh are they pretty drought tolerant? Well, when they're established and old, they're a really, really hardy plant. Um, yeah, uh, but even old, even old, even old established ones uh, would be kind of kind for you right now, Ralph, to give them one good irrigation. If if they've been that long, I, I would I would water them because you might find out they just finally run out of juice one day and give up. And if you don't notice it for a few days, you could lose them. So. Yeah. It's hard to lose an old friend and fishing buddy. So what I would do is water them deep right now, and you know, once a month's fine. Yep. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, thank you very much, and have a great rest of your weekend. You too, Ralph. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Bill in North Phoenix. Hello, Bill. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, just enjoying the morning, Bill. Good, good. Hey, I have two questions for you. One is, I have a fruitless olive that I planted about a year and a half ago, two years ago. It has been growing great. Um, it's good watering. Every two weeks, gets two hours of watering. Uh, from the hose, and 
it started turning on me. I don't know, about a month ago, I started noticing it, but it's slowly gotten yellow and the leaves are drying out and I'm just concerned if I lose it. Uh, did grubs play a part of this or what do you think might have happened? No, really, there's no grubs that really feed on olives or bother them too much. I would think, Bill, that maybe it just got a little too hot. But if, if the foliage is even partially alive, it should come back out. But I would check when you water, make sure you're getting water down to a depth of about three feet and about as wide as the tree is in the canopy. And if you'll do that, it'll probably come right back out. You might give it a little shot of Super Thrive right now, which is just vitamins and hormones works really well. And uh, you can buy it anywhere. But uh, that and just make sure that it, when it gets watered, it's deep. And if you want to, check your water. Go out with a screwdriver or probe. And, uh, you know, once the soil's dry down about four to six inches, it's time to water again. And depending on how sandy your soil it is, because it's a young tree, it might need more water. Now, if it were a 20 or 30 or 50-year-old, you know, olive tree, it wouldn't need that. But on a younger tree like it is, it probably could use a little more water. Okay, yeah, I got a piece of rebar stuck in the ground. Mm-hmm. It's about a foot long, and it goes in, you know, pretty good. Um, not, you know, obviously after watering and stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll uh, I'll keep an eye on it then. Yeah, Is, see, uh, I know you mentioned before. Okay, I know you mentioned before about pesticides mm-hmm. uh, and pre-emergence stuff with that because it is in a rock area, but it's protected by about a four-foot planting uh, metal. Uh, well, thing, that, if you will. Yeah, that's not going to protect it against. If you're using, uh, especially like ortho ground clear, there's some of these chemicals that can move around and leach a little bit, and um, they'll stop all the bud growth. So if it just kind of stops growing and the buds and the tips all look kind of deformed, uh, like an insect or something was feeding on, it's very likely that it's got chemical toxicity. And that particular one seems to take about a year to a year and a half to go out of the soil. Wow. Okay. You know, if you're going to. I appreciate it. Pre emergence, uh, Bill, in general, are pretty safe. Pendomethalin and, and most of them are pretty safe. And if you, you know, herbicides, you're better off to use a contact herbicide like glyphosate. And what you spray it on, it kills, but it doesn't kill anything else. And it's kind of pretty inert once it goes in the soil. Okay. Yeah. I usually use that Monterey pre emergence stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the pre emergence, yeah, the pre emergence not going to hurt it. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll keep an eye on it. Just looking dry and wilty. Well, d- deep water, but doesn't have to be that often. Once a week, probably max. And uh, you know, and then as fall comes, you can give it a light shot of fertilizer here. If, if we get some monsoon that really gets established, it'd be a good thing to do. Thanks for the call. Okay, bye bye. Thanks. Uh, we're gonna take a short break while we're gone. We do have a couple lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on the phones and the music. You can give her a call at six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. That's two seven seven KTR. It's Brian and Shira and Troy here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from seven to nine a.m. on ninety two point three FM. KTAR. Maybe I didn't treat you quite as good as I should have. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. Little things I should have said and done. I just never took the time You were always on my mind Always on my mind You were always on my mind Maybe I didn't hold you 
trees, even in the hot summer heat. You know, and some trees do very well planted this year. If the summer's been a little hot for you and you're looking for some shade and a little reprieve, come out and check out the beautiful American mesquites or ironwood trees or Palo Verdes. All these are desert trees, which actually love being planted in the heat. And as soon as the monsoon kicks in, it'd be a good time to plant citrus. And believe it or not, this is one of the best time of years to plant palms, especially desert palms like fruiting medjool dates or, or perhaps Mexican or California fan palms or even Bismarckias with their big silver leaves. Lots of things we can do this time of year still. Um, most importantly, though, keep up the water. Anyway, our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here in the Valley for Arizona's future. Let's see. Next up, we've got, got to get the right order on everybody. We've got Lucy in Phoenix. Hi, Lucy. Good morning. This Good is, morning. This isn't hey, Lucy in the sky like, with diamonds. This is Lucy from Phoenix. It, it, it is. Um <laughs> Three drops on the windshield, and it smells like rain. <laughs> I'm calling to continue our discussion from yesterday. About well, I'll tell you what, this- Lucy. I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll take you to the beginning of the next hour because I'm going to run out of time this time, and it's going to take us oh, a little okay. longer. So if you you can Perfect. either call you can either call right back after the news, or I'll put you on hold, and I'll take you right after the news. Which okay, which, which, which would you prefer? I'll just hold. Okay, I'll put you back on hold. Uh, Mike and Scott, still good morning, Michael. Hey, Brian, good morning. Uh, two quick questions, and I'm sure you've answered them already, but my ficus hedge, it just is shedding leaves. Did I overwater it? Is it just the heat? Is there something I am doing incorrectly? Well, not necessarily, Mike. It's been really hot, and a lot of ficus around town are pretty burnt, and most of them have shed quite a few leaves. However, uh, you know, if the foliage looks decent, and uh, even having some burnt leaves on the outside is okay, you'll just want to make sure you do deep water them, but if they drop a significant portion of leaves, say 50 or 60 or 70 percent, be careful not to overwater as well because the trees can't use as much water. So a good – how old are your ficus, Mike? Uh, they're about three or four years. But, like, they were planted – they were 15 feet when we planted them, but they've been in the ground three years now. Okay. So, you know, as long as they just drop, like, a third of their leaves, a little burnt on the outside, that's going to be fine. I wouldn't water them more often than once a week, but water them deep when you water them. You might try some okay. Super Thrive on them for right now. And then if the monsoon okay. does come, you know, get kicked in, you give them a light dose of, like, citrus fertilizer, and they'll replenish that foliage very quickly. Once the, uh, the humidity comes up and the temperature drops, you know, ficus can recover quickly. The other thing to watch for is a thing called sooty canker. So if you see any bark coming off and black powder underneath, you'd want to treat them for that. The best thing to treat them with is called Monterey Disease Control. It's a liquid. Mm -hmm. You just water it in the base. And what it is basically is a bacteria that eats fungus. And that 
that uh, sooty canker is a fungus. So you can even spray it on the foliage, and uh, it will help with that. But just watch for that and be mindful of it. Other than that, Mike, I think they'll recover. And, uh, you know, good deep watering once a week should be fine for ones that are that established. Okay, because I, 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 I read both ways that I either overwatered or under, and I think no, I may I, have overwatered because it, it just got too hot, Mike. <laughs> I got you. you know? I got you. I have, yeah, sorry, Brian. I have one last question. Yes, uh, my fruit trees are doing pretty good. My lemon and my grapefruit, they have yellow leaves. Is that mm-hmm. too much water again? Not necessarily. It can just be the heat. Okay. You know, a lot, a lot of citrus okay. is just yellow and kind of burnt from the heat. But, you know, for established plants, three years old, you know, in reasonably heavy soil, deep watering heavy once a week should be ideal. Okay. I just thought maybe I, 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 was, too, I was too careful and I gave them too much water and they, they both reacted a little differently well it, it's kind of hard to overwater citrus in the summertime it's easy to do in the wintertime and the ficus okay. trees as long as it's drying the top three or four inches it's pretty impossible to overwater those guys but um okay when they're hurt you know once they're damaged then that all changes once that foliage has gone yeah. away they're not using as much water and that's when you really have to kind of be careful not to overwater okay so i'll, I'll just carry on then i guess it's probably just the heat yeah i think it is mike hey hey, thanks for the call have a nice weekend bye-bye uh linda and gilbert good morning linda hi how are you very fine and you i'm good i was just wondering i'm kind of adding extra water to my lawn Mm -hmm. and that is looking like it could use some fertilizer but i'm guessing that's not a good idea right now well actually for bermuda grass it's a great idea it'll it'll green up and grow faster you know and it'll it'll you know a lot better by being fed. You can okay. go one of two ways. You can put on malarganite, which is organic, that lasts for longer, release slower. If you want to green right away and you're going to have a party, uh, put down some 21714. Make sure you put it down right at, before you water. Water it in heavy, at least an inch of water, and you'll be fine. And what's the name of that again? Well, it's 21714. There's a lot of different manufacturers. Turf Royale is a common one. Right, I use that. Okay, well, that one's fine. Okay. Okay. And um, Chinese pistache, after Mm -hmm. they're two years old, are Mm -hmm. they kind of okay on their own or how how much water do they need? They're probably red push pistache. They're a lot more common now than Chinese are. And they they want to get dry between waterings, especially in Gilbert. So even Uh though it's really hot, don't water them more often than once a week. Okay, good. If if you water them too much, you will kill the the pistache. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Thanks, Linda. Bye-bye. Digger, we have just a minute. All right, really quickly, man. I'm I'm doing some battle with Camelthorn up here in beautiful, windy Winslow. And um, I'm using industrial vinegar, 45%. Um, I got a test gallon uh, about a month ago, and it's, it's doing a pretty good job of beating it back. I was wondering about the cup of salt that you put in. Um, is that about pH? Um, well, no, yeah. Lord knows, I, why, why, I why, a, why, why would you put salt in your ground in Arizona that's already salty? I know, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'd go out and buy. I'd go out and buy some Roundup or glyphosate and spray it with that. Forget all the vinegar. Oh, forget I, all the salt. I know you would, but I I quit my subscription for with organic gardening back when they endorsed Roundup. So <laughs> well, I, I'm we doing the I'm we, doing we, the vinegar thing. We can't use Roundup in our in our citrus grows because we're certified organic. And if I did, I'd lose my certification for three years. So that's just well, like a no no. We can't every, do it. We, we, well, we every, use, every, pe- 
Is the Every oldest piece of land I, I own, man, I have certified organic. So go ahead. So we use the oldest tool known to man. It's called a hoe. You know, we go out there with a hoe and we go all those weeds out. And, you know, it costs oh. us a lot of money. But what we do find is after we keep them hoed out for a couple of years and as we get more shade cover, we don't have so many. So it, it works. Right. But that's. Well, the vinegar is acidic. So I bet. Well, that's good with the, yeah, and that's kind of how it works with the salt. But we've tried some 20% vinegar before and had zero results. I mean, it just seemed to fertilize the weeds. And I, I've never, well, I've never found anything yet, Digger, that's organic that actually works. I got to let you go because we're out of time. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give us a call at 602, actually give Miss Shura a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.